Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Acting as moderator for tonight's broadcast. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. I am joined this afternoon by Patel Page, the author of the Devolution series. Patel, how are you, my friend? Doing, doing good, Chris. How are you doing? I'm, I'm well. Uh, you're feeling better. Yeah, a little better. I, my, my wife had COVID and my kids were sick. My mom had COVID, and then I started getting a little congested, so I got a little worried. But um, I feel good now, so so we're you- good. I think I avoided it. Did you uh did you do one of the tests? Did you find out if you actually had it or did no. you just like went straight to the treatment and now you're on the other side? Exactly. I just uh I got this um gosh, what's it called? I can't even say quercetin bromelain. Yeah, yeah. And I started yeah, yeah. taking this and it, it yeah, like I was better almost in like twenty four hours. Congratulations. You have a uh you have the immune system of a, a of an ox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Um so, okay, so I want to uh, do kind of a look back a year plus later um, at the Transition Integrity Project, and we'll get into some of that. But before that, why don't you just go ahead and tell everybody what devolution is, and maybe a good place to lead into that is, what does the word devolution specifically mean in this context like why is it called the process that you are writing about why is it called devolution yeah that's um that's a good question so devolution itself it's it's a real continuity of government plan and it's essentially devolving authority from the highest level like you know the situation i'm writing about it's it's trump devolving his authority down to 
through the DOD to the to the military to essentially take care of uh, what they call mission essential functions. We don't really know what those are, but it could be the power grid. It could be, um, you know, just protecting us from invasion. We don't know. But it's a continuity of government um, plan that I believe Trump had to put into place to, to walk away from the election. And it, it, the reason he had to walk away was kind of something that came out of the tip report. So it's, it's a good, good topic to get into. But, uh, you know, I started writing about this, started researching it, and I found a, there's just so many things that, that point to this happening and this being real. So, um, it, yeah, devolution, it's, it's real. There, there's, there's plenty of, um, you know, military or government documents out there. there. There's one army pamphlet I found that had the word devolution in it 41 times. So, I mean, <clears throat> so no devolution is an entirely real concept <clears throat> and you are more or less writing about how you're writing about the evidence that would indicate that that concept, that process is active right now in the United States and that Donald Trump activated this process before leaving office as a way to counteract what I think we would both agree and describe as a slow moving coup. Exactly. Yep. Okay. I mean, you said, said better than I did. And, and really it comes down to uh, what he was up against his entire first term. If you look at it, and this is what I wrote about in my latest article, which is why the tip report is so relevant again, too, is he was facing a color revolution. His entire first term was, was against the same people who put, put on color revolutions in the Eastern European States from our own state department. They were doing it against him here at home domestically. And so, I mean, it, in order to take out an enemy like that, I mean, when you have everything against you, you need something unique and something powerful, and but it has to be legal too. So, and that's what devolution is. It's it's a real legal continuity of government plan that I, I really believe he used to to counter everything. Okay, so let's actually that was a good way to describe that as a uh, color revolution as opposed to what we normally consider a coup, which is historically the takeover of a military or the military itself overturning the government. A color revolution is supposed to look like a natural movement of the people in the process of regime change. And we have used that around the world to change regimes into the regimes that we ostensibly want. And by we, I mean, I guess what we have to mean is the globalist, global communist uh, segments of our government, the CIA, the State Department, um, these uh, agencies and groups and people who are operating with this larger plan around the world about how we can uh, have larger control, broader control than just America. Yep. It's funny. I actually think that I've described it this way on the podcast before, but this is a process of colonization of other nations under a different name you know we are we are against colonization but what are we doing if we are uh, disrupting the true flow of politics in another country and replacing their leader with a leader that will go along with what those in power want out of that country and that's what we see happening all over the world yeah i mean it's it's happening in many places and it's it's crazy how many people are i mean it's the same people it's it's the george soros funding these organizations to you know to riot and then it's our own uh state department 
that's involved in all this stuff. And, it, and it's all about getting a leader in there that will, will play ball. And I'm sure it has something to do with, you know, some sort of corruption, you know, they want to be able to get a leader in there that they're going to be able to get kickbacks from and send their money over there and whatnot. So it's just gross. And, and it was, when you look back at, at Trump's first term, it, it really becomes so obvious how, I mean, how they, they, they literally use the same playbook here at home and it culminated with, with that tip report. And that's why I'm glad we're going to be talking on that today, because um, it, it, when you look back at the tip report and how many things came true and exactly. it's just remarkable. Yeah. Um, and before we get into that, though, so there are some countries around the world where this where the color revolutions have happened before or yeah. things that are similar and uh, carried out by the same people. And I would point right now, I think that that's what's happening in Peru. It's pretty clear that that's what's happening in Myanmar. Uh, I think Belarus is one of the more recent uh, countries where it was attempted, right? Ukraine. And then people often point to uh, what's referred to as the Arab Spring in the same way, because that was the similar, um, I guess, what do you call it? It's uh, DARPA developed technology and processes by which they can influence um, the genuinely the will of the people they're using these widespread disinformation campaigns and they will set up systems of influence to guide the opinions of a nation and propaganda exactly and uh maybe you can point to some of that in america some examples that you would see during trump's time in office uh that would point to the presence of that color revolution already begun before he left yeah, well, I think one of the one of the big things is they they try to frame the incumbent leader as as kind of a lame duck. Like it's there's literally a playbook that they have for these color revolutions. The the first one I'll, we'll just go through. There's four there's four steps, and I think I can pretty much nail down each one of these as to what they did against Trump. So Great. the incumbent the incumbent leader of the regimes must be very unpopular and face the so-called lame duck duck syndrome. Before Trump even took office, they were already framing him as the least popular president in history. And if you're the, the fake news media and you own the polls and run the polls, you can twist those however you want. And so his entire presidency, they tried to frame him as the, the least popular president of all time. And so they fit number one right right away. Yeah, it's is, amazing. Like everything he did, none of it was good. Yeah. And that's what we were told. The actual life in the country got better and better as he was in office. And we were continually told it was getting worse and worse. To the point where at the end of 2019, the economy was amazing. Like many things yep. in America were going great. And then, of course, what happened? Then we get COVID, COVID because yep. you have to you have to make Trump untenable. Otherwise, everybody just knows there's no way that Trump is going to lose reelection. And everything, everything hinged on there being a story that they could justify a Trump loss with. OK, go ahead. Yep. Let's hear number two. Yeah. Number number two, the anti-regime forces are enforced by mass media and foreign influences. So you look at the media and everything they did again. I mean, there wasn't one positive news story from any of the mainstream media, mm. except maybe Fox News. But then also the foreign influences. You look at, at George Soros and how much money he has involved in in our politics. I mean, he's buying at the local levels. He's buying um, people on school boards. He's buying local AGs, all sorts of stuff, all the way up to how much he's donated to political campaigns. And so, I mean, clearly that the, the media and foreign influences were everywhere in our election throughout the entire 
um, the entire first term. And then you can even look at how much foreign influence there was in, in painting the the Russian narrative, you know, that, that Trump was a, a colluding with Russia, which I pl- that played a big part. And that actually leads to number three. The revolution must not be ideological. It must be for the sake of better national integration, freedom, democracy, economic development. And so how many times did you hear Democrats say, you know, this is for the sake of our democracy, we have to get right. Trump out of office. I mean, it's constantly. So there, again, number three of the playbook. Number four, the anti-regime, anti-regime forces should be also motivated by the grievances on the corrupted government, which is supported by a foreign state, which the people do not desire. And this is where Russia comes in. They yeah. tried to paint that Russian narrative. Trump, Trump sees a Russian asset. You know, he's selling us out to Russia. Again, all the fake media, it all ties together. But but clearly, they were following the same playbook step by step throughout his entire first term. And it started before he was even elected when they started that that Russia hoax. It really is incredible. And, you know, in terms of foreign influence, you list in part 12 a bunch of the different um, aspects of that. Do you yeah. also, you know, what you were just talking about right there, it occurs to me that to set up the the Russia hoax and what we're finding out now through Durham, you know, the, they had Christopher Steele, George Stephanopoulos had him on Hulu the other night. And that process as it happened and as it got to eventually the FBI, it had to be kind of laundered through multiple organizations because the FBI can't do foreign stuff. The CIA is not supposed to be doing domestic stuff. And so what we had is uh, aspects of different intelligence communities from Australia and the UK, part of Five Mm -hmm. Eyes, which are supposed to be like our, like for our benefit, right? But yep. what we have is these five, the five eyes countries, which are uh, the United States, Canada, uh, the United Kingdom, Australia, New Zealand, right? Did I yep. do that right? Yep. Okay. So. And so what they continually do is basically launder the ability to monitor their own citizens by way of pushing it through one of the other countries. They're yep. totally kind of evading what the the laws are to make it possible to spy on American citizens. That part of it is absolutely sick. And the FISA courts, whatever. We don't have to get into all of that. So yeah. let's so let's uh, let's draw it back around to the Transition Integrity Project. Yeah. Um, do you want to go ahead and set that up? Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's a that's almost a tough one to even set up. There, there's there's <laughs> a lot that's involved here because there's there's a group, the um, Protect Democracy, who who funded it and this the transition integrity project kind of stemmed off of that group and that's mm-hmm. a george soros funded group it's got zuckerberg that funds it there's all sorts of left-leaning people who fund it so right off the bat this whole thing is funded by left-wing liberals and people who want trump out of office and then you look at who's who are the two actual founders of it it's um rosa brooks who's got ties to soros she actually worked for the open society foundation and she wrote many articles i mean within a month of trump being elected she was talking about impeaching him and the military throwing him out and then, um, uh, oh shoot, I can't think of the next name. And Rosa uh, Brooks actually wrote up a uh, piece in the Washington Post after the Transition Integrity Project report came out, so that she could kind of summarize the entire thing and lay yep. out what the true threat was. Because the you know the outcome of this, the way that they used it in public communications, was that all of these terrible things were going to happen. <clears throat> in the period after the election and we need to tell you that all of these things will happen so that we can prevent them from happening 
Yeah, yeah, they did. They did four four war game scenarios, right? And yeah. everybody that was involved, there was like a hundred of them. We only know maybe about ten or fifteen, but they're all. I mean, they're either left wingers or or never Trumpers. You know, the ones that are considered right. Republicans were clearly against Trump. But yeah, like Team Trump, as they set it up for the war games, was like uh, the former head of the RNC, Michael Steele, who's basically just a paid contributor to MSNBC now. And there was yep. like Bill Crystal, I think the uh, the former Republican secretary of state of Kentucky. His name was Trey Grayson. Trey Grayson. Yep. Yeah. But I mean, at this point, secretaries of state, if they are Republican and they are aligned with this agenda, they are almost all involved with an organization called the National Association of Secretaries of State. And this is all part of that Soros project to basically yep. put Soros representatives in every level of government. You look around yep. right now, one of the biggest problems in this uh, post-election period trying to deal with election fraud is getting through all of these Republican Soros representatives who are just Republican by name, really Republican in name only. Yep. No, it's so and, true. I mean, yeah, that's what they had I mean, we're, we're struggling in Georgia. I mean, that's those secretaries of states are really cost Trump the election. When you think about it, what they exactly they didn't do. I mean, it's, it was terrible. But yeah, then you have like Donna Brazil, Bill Crystal, um, Max Boot, David Frum, all these. Yeah. I mean, clearly never Trumpers that are against uh, that were part of this tip project. So, yeah, I mean, do, should we walk through the four games, the four war games? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's do that, because it's it's really interesting. First, let's just talk about what the four scenarios are, because the sure. one scenario that they didn't bother with at all is Trump actually being popular and winning. Yeah, they just they just knew somehow by the polling and by the way they <laughs> communicated. There's no way that Trump could ever have a sweeping victory. They did not mention in this that Trump might have a much bigger vote total than he did in 2016. But yep. we think Biden's is going to be even bigger. Like that's what <laughs> happened. And they didn't address the potential for that scenario. Right. Yeah, no, they, they didn't. Everything ended with, with Biden ending up in office. That that's what was hilarious right. about this whole thing. Right. Right. So the first one was the, the result was amb ambiguous. And what was it? They, uh, the results from three States are in contention. I mean, neither campaign is willing to concede, Blah, blah, blah. But it ends with Biden being put in office. Mm -hmm. Game two, clear Biden victory. Biden wins the Electoral College and popular vote. Trump alleges fraud, takes steps to benefit himself and his family, but ultimately hands the White House over to Biden. That is probably the one that that it supposedly played out that way. Biden mm -hmm. won the Electoral College and and the popular vote um, with Trump alleging fraud. Uh, game three was the, it was a clear Trump win. But this one was interesting because Biden refused to concede. Right. He convinced the Democrat governors of the, some states to to send different slates of electors. Um, and eventually the, the House of Representatives certified the election for Biden. So, yes, the, if, if that would happen for Trump, if you think about it back on on January 6th, I mean, how would they have framed that? It's incredible. It's incredible because in this in this document, they give every justification that people like us discuss, people who are. Uh, clear-eyed about the fact that the election was a total and complete fraud. Yep. Every one of the arguments that we make about how the process could have gone differently is laid out here in a way that benefits uh, uh, Joe, Joe Biden. Biden and the Democrats. 
you know, on, on page three of the uh, Transition Integrity Project report, there's a footnote down at the bottom, uh, footnote number two. It says, yeah. the Transition Integrity Project recognizes and shares the view that the Electoral College is profoundly anti-democratic and that numerous longstanding practices also function to create structural biases in our voting system. For present purposes, however, these constraints are treated as givens. Oh, well, that's nice. That's so charitable of them to <laughs> allow us to continue talking as if the Constitution matters, even though we right. all know it doesn't. Yeah, in every one of these scenarios, they basically throw the Constitution out the window. Like exactly. The, the last one was uh, Biden narrowly won with less than 1% of the popular vote. Trump uh, campaign sows chaos. And then this, but the Senate Republicans and the Joint Chiefs of Staff eventually signal that they accept a Biden win, and then he has to be re removed by Secret Service. So how how ridiculous is that? I mean, every one of these scenarios was basically working in Biden's favor. And then the the reason I think this tip report is so important and why Trump actually had to walk away, even though he clearly won the election, was because this is basically threatening violence in the streets. If you look at it, right. it was like right. the, the very end of it said, the purpose of this report is not to frighten, but to spur all stakeholders to action. Yeah. And so I think they were fully prepared to, you know, take violence in the streets. You have BLM and Antifa. And I think that's why Trump has essentially had to walk away after, after uh, the 20th. Well, I have often described the situation. Uh, I, I think that there are, are two goals ultimately to what's happening right now. And the first is to rid the country of this um, entrenched corruption. You know, you can call it the deep state or whatever. I mean, obviously the deep state is descriptive of a bunch of it, but the problem goes well beyond just the deep state. There is yeah. entrenched corruption throughout our society, not just in, you know, in the mechanics of politics, but it's in our culture, it's in our corporations, it's in the tech yep. companies, and they're all working hand in hand at this point. I mean, yep. that is something we have to remove absolutely all of that. And in addition to that, we have to, to complete the mission successfully, do all of that without sparking a civil war, because yep. the only purpose is to preserve the American constitutional republic. If we don't come out of this with the Constitution and with our country intact, then the mission is ultimately a failure on some level. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because if everything is wrecked, you create all these void spaces where corruption can just fill the gaps back in. Yeah. And that has to be avoided. You know, I look at uh, I look at World War Two as uh, a parallel. You know, it's clear that I, I, I'll say we. Uh, the intention was for us to defeat this historical evil, but I'm not sure that job was ever fully finished, you know, no. like Nazis and Nazism ended up just spreading out to the rest of the world. There were American yep. interests, American corporate interests that were aligned with much of that Nazi cause, especially earlier on in the process. And that stuff all remained intact. And yeah. we can see where it has led us. I mean, it's been, you know, <clears throat> 75, 80 years, but we're kind of right back in that. And we, so we this, really are. this is like, you got to wipe out the whole thing. You got to wipe out the whole thing. And we have to do that without our society breaking down. And so, you know, with what you're saying that, uh, Trump wanted to be able to do this without the violence in the streets. Yep. It's clear 
with the work that they did, that that is what they intended. And the Molly Ball article from Time backs that up as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was just almost like the, the I mean, I mean, the cherry on top that that Time article that came out afterwards, and it laid this whole thing out exactly how they did it, and it laid out all the the, the Nazi corporations that you're talking about, everybody that was involved. <laughs> no. I mean, it's crazy. But but how do you how do you rid yourself of a of an enemy like that? I mean, you have to expose them completely, and that's exactly what yep. Trump did by leaving. He, he walks away and he lets us see exactly what these people want for us and for, and for our country. And, uh, and I think it's, it's waking a lot of people up. More people are waking up by the day with every move that the Biden administration makes. And I think that's what Trump's goal is. You know, I don't know when he plan, he's planning this comeback, but whenever it is, it's going to be at the point of kind of max wokeness. You know what I mean? Max red pill. And do you, so this is obviously going to tangent off the transition integrity project, but I, I like how you talk about that. Like Trump is going to have a comeback moment. Is that what you foresee? Cause I'm not sure exactly how I see it progressing. I think that there are a few different scenarios, but, but give me yours. As far as him coming back. Yeah. Like how do you, how do you think that that'll play out? Do you think it's just one day Trump's going to be like, Hey everybody, yeah. here's what it is. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. See, I, I've been, from day one, that's the only part of this that I'm not sure how it's going to go down. It's it's all just based on my speculation. I, I'm I'm almost 100% confident that devolution is real and he's he's yeah. put us in the situation. It's just a matter of how he reveals it. I don't think it's going to be Trump making the reveal, but I think it'll be the military or something. But but I do think you know it's it's going to have to be whether it's the the default of of our nations you know financially or I still think we need to see one of our audits show us a real vote count. So I think if, if we see how, sh you know, our country's gone to shit and if we see that it's gone to shit based on somebody that got elected that shouldn't be there, which I mean, we all know it, but we need to see it. I think that's going to kind of be what tips it off. And then they can show that Trump implemented this devolution plan. And, and you know, there's a couple different things about it. I theorized that Trump actually suspended the electoral college vote. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of people that, you know, in my in my chat group that, you know, he might not have even needed to do that because if how many members of Congress were illegitimate. Yeah. Too, I mean, know? honestly, I mean, the whole I, thing could have been illegitimate. I think that every single person who is in public office at any level who had any involvement with the election or the counting of votes or the certification of any of it, any one of them who did not object, I think, is as guilty of treason as yep. the most treasonous person. And, you know, if that requires 350 people from the current House of Representatives being gone, if it requires 94 senators being gone, it is what it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Every single one of them had a chance to stand up and be heard and voice their position. Now, is it possible that them not standing up was part of the plan? See, that that's where you get into those, those really difficult to answer questions yep. about what the morality of it is. You know, because ultimately to have a plan like this work and be successful, the people are going to have to understand the morality of each and every step, you know? Yeah, yeah no, it's it's tough. I mean, you don't know how Trump did this, how many people were in the know. I mean, there, there's speculation that the Supreme Court might even know about this, but they let, you know, they didn't accept any of those lawsuits because they wanted to play out to get to this point. Mm -hmm. How long was Trump planning for this and how, you know, how much... Uh, did he know from day one that he was going to have to implement devolution? I mean, if you look at some of those lawsuits, even that, uh, you know, Sidney Powell brought brought forth, I mean, they were kind of garbage, honestly, if you ask me, they they didn't really have a chance. So, yeah, I mean, the, were there were there senators that knew that this was fraudulent, but were told to, 
to let, let it go through anyway. You, you don't know. You don't know who knows about this. And um, it's interesting. However it plays out, it, I, I don't know, man. It's, it's all speculation at this point. It's I don't know when or how, but um, I, I am convinced that he's he's got it in control. So I have a uh, I have a pet theory that I'm not sure I'm entirely convinced by, but I enjoy thinking about it and Let's seeing hear. if it ever gets uh, any support in my brain. You know, like, I'll, I'll, well, I'll have I'll have theories about how I think things may turn out. And when I see real events transpire, I try to think about whether or not those real events, you know, support my yep. theories. And so one of them actually is, you know, in terms of with with those two goals in mind, right, with ridding the country of the corruption and restoring the integrity of our elections, blah, blah, blah. All of that goes into the one goal and preventing civil war, that being the other goal. So with that in mind, the process for the last nine months, as it seems to me, is partly top down behind the scenes and partly bottom up in public. So devolution sandwich, I call it. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it's like it's a it's a balance, though, between, you know, what the the Trump like white hats, like the good team what they're doing and what the people are able to accomplish on their own. Now, if the people are able to rise up to the extent that we can restore the integrity of the elections and uh, promise free and fair elections where everybody's vote counts by the time the 2022 election comes around, maybe Trump doesn't have to do anything. Maybe the military doesn't have to do anything. Maybe this just doesn't play out that way and everything looks completely natural and the country just goes back to how it's supposed to be. Now, I'm not convinced that that can actually happen or that that's the plan or that that would be satisfactory. But, you know, it's an interesting parallel in the way we believe philosophically, the way people believe religion, for instance. You know, you can have belief, you can have faith, you can see the process fully at work in a way that is convincing to you, but you're not able to convince anybody else Yep. That it's true because they don't see it in the same way. So it's entirely possible that this entire process plays out and you and me are sitting here being like, oh, yeah, this is definitely devolution playing out. Yep. What could be more obvious? And when it's all said and done, 30 percent of the country is going to be like, yeah, that didn't happen. Yeah, it's yeah, crazy. Yeah. It is crazy. And I know exactly what you mean. Like, I get that question a lot, too. Like, at what point are you going to get to where you're con? Vince, that everything in devolution isn't real, didn't happen. And I don't know if I could ever get to that point because, I mean, there's just so much that points to it. And, and like like you said, we can do a lot on, from the ground level and work our way up and we can take care of our local elections. And, and I think us even just completing some of these forensic audits, that's kind of we the people doing some grassroots stuff to, to fix the elections. But I think at some point, no matter what, in my opinion, it could, definitely could be wrong, but I think Trump has to to show what they did. I mean, if he has evidence of foreign interference, if he has evidence of what the highest level of our government has has done in our intelligence community and everything, all these people, the political establishment doing a color revolution to steal an election, I mean, I think he has to show it. That's how else do you get rid of get rid of the problem if you don't expose okay. it? But check this out though, because see, this is this is my counterpoint to that. So okay. we have we have, let's say, let's talk about the Durham stuff and Russian collusion, right? Sure. So Trump was saying exactly what happened and exactly what it is since the beginning. And some people believed him right away and could see it right away. Some people, it took a little longer. I was one of those people that took a little longer. And now 
you know, maybe 70% of the country understands that Russian collusion was a complete and total hoax generated by uh, Hillary Clinton's campaign in a genuine conspiracy with Joe Biden, Barack Obama, the CIA and the FBI and foreign nations. That just is what happened, right? But some people are never going to believe that. Now, I don't care. Obviously, they're just denying reality at all in total. But Donald Trump has been saying it from the beginning. And likewise, (laughs) with the election stuff, he has described every single thing that has happened in the elections. So if Donald Trump was to come out and say, look here, this is proof. People aren't going to believe him, which is one of the funniest things about the period we're talking about, whatever period was the deciding period to actually enact devolution rather than just go straight at it. They have been saying this stuff. People are always like, well, why didn't, why didn't they ever tell us? It's like, what do you mean? They told (laughs) us a thousand times. Rudy Giuliani was out there with people showing us Sidney Powell was out there talking about it. Now, Sidney Powell's, uh, court case may have not been up to snuff, whatever, that's fine. But it doesn't mean that the evidence she was relaying to us was wrong. She yep. knows what she's talking about. Like all of these people have been saying it the entire time. So it's really, are we judging the reality based on how many people believe it? Or are we judging the reality based on this is the reality and these people have told us? But but as part of that too, exposing like like the media. I mean, I would say the media is probably one of the biggest problems in this country. Absolutely. And, there's plenty of evidence of election fraud if you if you look for it it's out there but the media's been covering it up and they're right. the reason half this country is brainwashed so i mean they've been saying it they've been saying it but like i said if trump would have made the reveal or, or stopped biden from taking office on the 20th it would have been a civil war partly because of the media but now we're at a point we're getting closer to a point where people are questioning the media constantly i mean right. they've lost grip on pretty much every narrative that they had control over and so I think there will come a point. And I don't think it's going to be Trump coming out like, I mean, as funny as, as it would be or as awesome it would, as it would be to see Trump come <laughs> forward and reveal this evidence. I don't think it'll be him. It'll have to be kind of a neutral third party like the, the military, somebody from the military saying, hey, this is what happened. We have the proof. It's undeniable. I, I don't know. But um, I kind of just want to go out mean. and be like, I've been president the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, watch everybody's heads explode. if that happened. Yeah, I'm I mean, just waiting for him to like tweet one of my or not tweet. I guess he can't tweet, but in his statements, like, "Hey, you should go read Devolution." You know, <laughs> that'd be ideal. I don't think we're quite to that point yet. I know. Hopefully I know. soon, though. Wait a second. So you, not to go too far off track, but you have uh, started getting some heat from like the mainstream media, right? Wasn't there uh, like yeah. some sort of Newsweek piece about it? Yeah. So there's um there, there's I've had two articles now that I've seen. One was uh, from Mike Rothschild. Oh yeah, the, uh, of course. I think it was in the Daily Dot or something. This is like a month or two ago. He wrote a hit piece on me, but it was kind of funny when you read through it. He's like, some, you know, Patel Patriot says this, which I guess is actually kind of true. And then he says this too, which I mean, that's a little far-fetched, but it's actually kind of true. Like he kept listing stuff that was trying to like demean what I was doing, but it was actually kind of proving, I mean, me to be accurate. And then um, a couple of weeks ago, gosh, who was it? I don't remember who it was, um, but somebody wrote something about me having a Patreon account and they were trying to essentially get patreon i mean they they try to tie me to q with everything yes but well they, i don't talk about q at all i have they, a lot of q followers and it is what it is but yeah i mean i think that you and i we've talked about this on your show before i think that yeah. we're both um pretty much the same about that the thing is that the media calls everything that they don't understand q 
Like yeah. we can make, I mean, devolution is a, the work you did. And I've told you this one-on-one before, but, uh, the work you did is a very, uh, well-documented and well-sourced deep dive into something that many of us have believed for a long time is occurring. You have given yep. form and structure and validity to all of that. And they don't like it. Right. Yeah. So the only thing they can do now, none of these people, none of these bloggers for mainstream media websites have the, uh, intellectual heft to actually dismantle devolution in an intellectual way. Right. They yep. can't go in and disprove and document, uh, uh, a proper refutation of devolution. So instead, what choice do they have? They can either ignore it altogether, but eventually it gets too big and then they have to address yep. it. So rather than ignoring it for too long, they'll begin attacking it and trying to smear you, you know, so that no yep. one will ever look at it. That is always the goal. Convince all of their audience that it is toxic and dangerous to look at <laughs> your stuff. Dude, Dangerous. It's dangerous knowledge. Yeah. Everybody run well, and hide. Well, that's what, it was <laughs> run crazy and hide. Patel's <laughs> Substack is coming our way. Well, at, at the end of uh, Mike Rothschild article, that's like essentially what he said. He's like, how long before the latest Q thing that turns violent and calls for insurrection across the country or something crazy? Like, I've never said that once in, in anything. But I mean, they try to make me seem like some, you know, violent type of guy. It's just it's crazy. Apparently, apparently it doesn't matter how much we emphasize non-violence and more importantly this isn't just like a philosophically non-violent kind of thing it's yeah. literally like we don't need violence because we're right you exactly know? and our rightness our faith in that rightness is what lets us know hey you know what it's gonna be a rough ride but we've got this and yep. that's the page i've been on for the entire time and i know it is for you as well <clears throat> Yeah, no, I'm I'm completely at peace with everything, which I know seems weird, but that's what in writing the the devolution series, that's what I've what I found is peace. I mean, I'm so confident that Trump has this and and he's coming back that I don't really worry about anything. It's just a matter of when, you know. And do you um, man, I'm now just asking all these questions that I didn't expect to ask. That's fine. Do you think of uh, Donald Trump as the initiator of all this as the mind behind it or is donald trump a piece of a much larger puzzle i know that you've probably seen the jerome corsi speech that a lot of uh q followers will point to jerome corsi basically makes the case for q that the that a group of military leaders in our country <clears throat> over time has been getting more and more disillusioned with the direction of the country. They are concerned that the constitutional Republic is being broken down and yep. our country is being handled, handed over to the interests of uh, globalists and central bankers and whatever else. And that they were going to uh, start a legitimate military coup to take over the government of the United States of America. But instead they called on jo Donald Trump to, run for president and eventually get all of this to this point that it has been planned out for that yep. long. So do you, do you ascribe to that? Or do you think that Donald Trump kind of hatched this idea on his own while in office? 
you know, here, here's the thing. So I, I like to deal in in facts. I mean, I, I don't like to speculate on too much unless I can completely back it up. And that's a tough claim to back up. But but, but what I can essentially what I've seen and I've even wrote about this in, in part 10 is this the military and, you know, the, the white hats, you could say, have been looking at what Obama was doing in his, you know, his presidency. And, you know, that you got uranium one and all these scandals, sure. lots of stuff that were. I mean, objectively compromising national security, right? And you can see how that would upset them. Stuff like Benghazi. I mean, there's you have Mike Flynn, who was the uh, the head of DIA during Benghazi, and then uh, a guy who I believe is a big player in devolution, Christopher Miller. He was in the Pentagon during Benghazi. He would have given the order to stand down to all those special operation units that were on standby there, right? So, I mean, I, I think there's definitely merit to the the theory that um, people in our military were upset with the direction of the country and. You know, Trump definitely couldn't have pulled off something like devolution by himself. There would have had to sure. been, you know, I'm not I'm, I don't know whether or not they asked Trump to run or, or what whatever happened. But um, maybe it was kind of just, uh, you know, two, two, two people on the right path conversion. And it just worked out this way. But um, he's definitely not in alone. This is like something like this. It's a special operation that would require a lot of uh, people involved. Um, but I don't know. There's definitely merit to that. You know, I, I can't dismiss it outright. It'd be just just knowing how far back some of this corruption in the in previous administration goes. But but I don't know. That's that's a tough question. Isn't it interesting that um, the conversation that we're having right now, when certain sorts of people listen to it, like if Mike Rothschild was listening to this, for instance, we yeah. would be conspiracy theorists. And that's fine. I mean, that phrase doesn't bother me at all. We are literally theorizing about about a conspiracy. So in a technical sense, it is entirely true. But here are some other uh, conspiracy theories. Um, Russian collusion is a conspiracy theory. The fact that Joe Biden won the election in November 20th, receiving 81 million real legal American votes. That's a conspiracy (laughs) theory. Yeah. Okay. There are a bunch of these conspiracy theories that when they're on that side and don't attach to any provable reality at all, they're just called the news. Like this is just the story that we're all supposed to believe. And they will tell us over and over and over again until we believe it. The transition integrity project is a conspiracy theory. In fact, it is a collection of conspiracy theories that has just been used to lay the narrative framework to coax people into believing a whole bunch of things that absolutely are not true. Absolutely. No, you're so right. I mean, who gets to decide what what's true or not? I mean, it's whoever's in, got the loudest microphone, I suppose. You know, so that, that's what's been unfortunate about this is the mainstream media is controlled by the left wing and they've I mean, they've they've silenced us. The big tech has censored us. And so they make us look like, yeah, we're conspiracy theorists, but we're really not. I mean, how many of the things that we've been talking about for so long have come true? Yeah. I mean, most of it, (laughs) of course, it's just a matter of time. Yeah. And yes, true. And just definitionally on it it is just such a a weird way to try to insult someone like why not just go after the claim and prove to everyone that the claim is false? I mean, it must be easy, right? Like we are just a bunch of crazy lunatics who don't know what we're talking about. We're a bunch of uneducated rubes. We don't read. We have no idea what the other (laughs) side thinks. Oh, wait, that's the other side. Yep. They don't even consider that any of this stuff might be true. They don't take it seriously. They just 
tell everybody to ignore it. Well, and so it's easy it, to marginalize. Wasn't it CNN at one point who, I think it was, um, I'm pretty sure it was CNN. They were like, you don't have to look into these Clinton emails. We'll, we'll look into it for you and tell you about <laughs> it. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's what they do. They just, yeah. they, they're spoon fed their news from the, the media and they just take it at face value and, and don't do any due diligence into it. It's just insane. It's incredible. Okay. So I know you have to leave. Something came up. You have to take off. Let's stop here. We'll do this as a part one and we'll just yeah, we'll wait on this and yeah, we'll, we'll hit the rest of the, uh, Transition Integrity Project yeah. in a part two. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform is great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator. You can join the discussion at t.me slash I'm reasonable. I'm also on Gab and Getter at I'm your moderator. The Substack is I'mYourModerator.Substack.com and the merch site is CancelCouture.com. You can also go direct to that at Shop.Spreadshirt.com slash Cancel dash Couture. I'll see you next time out on the range. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social getter and gab at i'm your moderator i also have channels on rumble and BitChute. if you'd like to follow the writing you can find me at i'm your moderator.substack.com the merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture if you'd like to support the podcast financially the best place to do that is ko-fi 
Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!